0: Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschel and Paige Kieschel.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon, Paige. Oh, I messed Good afternoon, up. Mom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, today we're talking about dbt more in depth yes. so we we've definitely mentioned it um a couple of times but today we're gonna you're gonna dive in and t- tell me all about it go for it the, um okay the okay
0: so dbt um dialectal behavior therapy is a type of talk therapy for people usually who people it was originally for people who have borderline personality disorder. so people who exp- who who have intense emotions mm-hmm. so that would be people with with borderline personality disorder and then um the history of dbt is actually kind of like how it came about is actually kind of depressing what? like the scientist who created it like the person who like developed it
1: mm-hmm. actually
0: did it for people for women who were chronically and like chronically depressed and suicidal
1: mm-hmm.
0: um is like this german lady um uh, I don't Lachlan. I don't know how to pronounce her name but
1: it's german, I'm
0: pretty sure yeah. um Okay, so it originally, it's common for BPD, but you can obviously use it in other, for other disorders, too. Yeah,
1: people have modified it for bipolar, and for autism, and for ADHD, and for other things, so. Um, Anything, so I think the common thread, though, are, like, these overwhelming emotions. Yes,
0: overwhelming emotions. There are four i'm gonna call them skills that you learn i suppose Mm -hmm. is what develop it is develop um there's mindfulness Uh emotional regulation interpersonal effectiveness and distress tolerance
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: Before researching this, I have heard of one of those things and know what one of those things are, but I've never heard of the other three.
1: Okay, great. So why don't you tell me? Because if you didn't didn't know what they are, maybe other people don't either. So why don't you explain what those are?
0: So mindfulness is just like being aware of what's happening now. Mm -hmm. So... Being in touch with like your emotions Mm -hmm. and how they affect you now
1: yeah Um, also to what's going on right so like being present in the moment that you are yes um emotional
0: or emotion regulation is exactly what it sounds like it's controlling your emotions
1: Uh
0: um interpersonal effectiveness wait we just go back for a second
1: it's controlling your emotions I just want to be really clear that means like not that you're suppressing an emotion it means oh, like yeah. you can no. feel the emotion but you're not having what general society would consider like an inappropriate reaction or an overreaction yeah. that like you can be mad and you can say that really makes me mad but you're not like punching somebody in the face
0: yeah <laughs> okay um, that's a good clarification yeah. um Interpersonal effectiveness can help build and maintain healthy relationships with yourself and others. So like communication, like to communicate effectively, mm-hmm. um to set boundaries as an example, it's just be, be like respectful in general to other people and yourself. And yourself. And then distress to tolerance is helps co- cope you cope with difficult situations and involves reacting less to distress. So like trauma,
1: right? Which is what people in general would consider like resiliency. Like you get knocked down, but you can like deal with that and go on. Yeah. Gotcha. Or when something um, doesn't go your way, right?
0: Yes. Um, okay. From all of the things that I read, uh, DBT is usually
1: um,
0: practiced in a group setting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm going to assume that you can probably do it one on one. But can. I think I think it works better in a group, is
1: what the articles were saying. Of our, our groups. Um, there's also though like workbooks that you can like work through on your own, like yeah. really independently.
0: Yeah. Um whoa. Lost my notes. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so it helps people learn to manage and regulate emotions, improve their communication skills with others, increase self-worth, and reduces symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression. All nice. around good. Yes. Um, There were things about the difference between CBT and DPT. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, Mm -hmm. DBD is more of a short term, like, quote unquote, short term, because therapy is as long as anyone needs it to be. And then DPT, as I've read, like, continuously is more of like a commitment. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want it to work, you need to put in that commitment to it. It doesn't just automatically just magically work like anything else. Like, nothing just magically works. You have to wait for things to work. But it's DPT is more of a commitment that you, like, need to, like, practice the things. And if if you want the results that you're looking for, Mm -hmm. is how I understood what it was explaining.
1: What else did you learn? Um...
0: Let's see here I was confused as to why we uh, why you had put this like at the beginning of my research as like if this is from borderline personality disorder, why are we talking about this? Borderline personality disorder isn't a isn't a neurodiversity And then it
1: was talking about emotions and stuff
0: and I understood
1: right. And there de- there are definitely therapists that have like changed the program a little bit. Um, to be specific to ADHD or autism, a lot for autism, um, but for ADHD too. So how do you think it would be helpful for somebody with a neurodiversity?
0: Um, well, you talked about a lot about, um, like trauma. Like, past trauma. So, I guess if you, well, maybe not so now. I mean, maybe now. But, like, definitely, I think back when you were a child and uh, teachers could just say whatever the hell that apparently they wanted to a student. Pretty much. That could be traumatizing for a kid who doesn't know that they're, like, like, I know before I, we got my diagnosis for autism, I thought that there was something, like, genuinely wrong. Like, I can't, I can't do these things that other people can do even though I thought that I was copying exactly what they were doing. I probably wasn't. But if I didn't know, like, I didn't know that so I, like, would beat myself up over it. Which can mm-hmm. be, it could be hurtful.
1: Well, and I can't... it's its own trauma, right? It's not like, yeah. there are different kinds of trauma, right? I mean, so there's... There are
0: different types of trauma.
1: So just, I mean, some people say that, like, just growing up with ADHD that a lot of people end up with trauma that is similar to like post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Just because, I mean, just think about it. If the average 12 year old has heard 20,000 more negative comments about themselves. That's
0: so sad.
1: I don't
0: like that statistic.
1: That's traumatizing.
0: That is trauma. So like it helps with a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, another thing that was different between C B D and DBT. So CBT is more teaching you to transform your negative thoughts into positive ones. Mm-hmm. DBT helps you feel the negative feelings and how to cope them in a healthy way.
1: Yes. Hence the distress tolerance. The
0: distress
1: thing, yeah, tolerance. Which is a good thing. Like, it's okay to be sad. Yes. And then just to, like, process why you're sad. Yes. And I think so often people are like, oh, let's make that, you know, let's turn that around and make it something happy. But we're people and we're supposed to have a full range of emotions, Yes, you should be able to tolerate all of those emotions. Now, if you're so sad that you can't get out of bed, that's, that's depression, right. and you should yes. seek help, right? Yes. Or if you're so sad that like, and you're only sad, like that's the only feeling you're <laughs> feeling, that's that's a problem, right? Yeah. So we're just talking about like you know
0: general sadness, like oh my dog died,
1: somebody died, my dog died. A friend died. Um, I didn't get I didn't a job get, I really wanted. I didn't get the job I wanted. I didn't get. Like normal sadness. Asked to the prom by the guy I wanted to get asked to the prom by. He's going My arch enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, right? Like, oh, that totally sucks. And. Right. But. um, So, yes. So. Growing up with neurodiversities definitely has its own form of trauma. Yes. Especially if you're growing up, like just in general, like if you know you have it and you're growing up, there can be some trauma. But if you're growing up and you don't know you have Didn't it know. and nobody else knows you have it, or you grow up in a house where like everybody in the house is neurodiverse and none of you know it, that's just going to be its whole own thing. Um it's, I, Um, so tell me a little bit about how you think like the mindfulness piece plays into specifically ADHD, but all neurodiversities, like how could that part be helpful? Because
0: so I don't remember the name that we gave him in the original episode, but we're going to call him Kevin in this episode. But when, after Kevin and I had broken up, Mm -hmm. and I went to that therapist, the first, I Mm -hmm. went to two different therapists, first Mm -hmm. off, The one therapist introduced me to mindfulness. Good. And, like, I think, should we, like, practice it a little? I wasn't very good at it, but you just, like it could be good because it helps you like stop people with specifically with ADHD are just like always in a rush. Mm -hmm. Even if you try to slow down, you're just always naturally just rushing, Mm -hmm. which isn't always good. So it like helps you like stop, stop for a second, breathe, and think.
1: Yes. Slow down. Slow down. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, that's what, uh, which is yeah, good to Well, is always saying like ADHD is a Ferrari engine and bicycle brakes. Mm, yeah. Bicycle brakes aren't great when you're going 100 miles per hour in your Ferrari. <laughs> um, no. And so, yeah, learning to like pause or slow down yes. or slow down. slow down. Yes. So, yes. so dbt can teach you to slow, slow down down um
0: the turtle run it? the race between the hair
1: yeah sorry slow and yeah. steady wins the race that's right slow down um what about the um so who with adhd have really big emotions
0: yeah
1: i so, would say so tell me about the emotional regulation piece right because like in every other country uh, uh diagnostic criteria is that you are dysregulation dysregulated oh, that's
0: not one here
1: it's that one here um that's dumb yes it is um and <laughs> every expert in the united states agrees with you um it's just, it's, it's not, it's really for two reasons. So the diagnostic manual is very highly political and nobody could really yeah. agree Agreed. on what, what to do, the but the is actually that like, how do you, how do you show in like data, something that you can measure emotional regulation And so since it was hard to get data on, they were like, we'll just leave that out, which is ridiculous because it really is the biggest issue, I think, for yeah. Yeah. So how do you think dbt might be able to support you or somebody else with some Uh, emotional regulation? Maybe
0: teaching Coming up, I don't know if they teach you these skills or if you come up with them together, but like either way, coming up with or being taught coping skills or like techniques of how to, because I'm still working on the emotional regulation part. Yeah, Not very good at regulating
1: my emotions. I mean, I have clients a lot older than you that are still working on it. Um, but. Um, making one step forward
0: learning those skills and putting them in your little toolbox to carry around for later mm-hmm. and practicing them because if you just know that a tool exists you're not necessarily going to pull it
1: out if you don't know
0: how to use it when you need it I think you're no, more I mean, likely to use the
1: tool if you already know how to use it right and I think it even like if you pair that with like the mindfulness and you're being mindful Before you go into a situation that might potentially be um, emotional for you, Uh like preparing yourself before, okay, I'm going to go have this conversation with my boss or with a friend who made me mad or whoever, then you can definitely be like, oh, these are the skills that I've been practicing and I want to keep them in mind while I'm talking to whoever, right? Because they are, there are like, I think they, they really teach you like specific um, skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and then there's interpersonal effectiveness. I think, I I, I don't think, I know, I'm going to just state this as a fact. A lot of people think. Well, I've been with ADHD, you the your perspective is a little askew often right. because of your emotions, because of your big yes. emotions. Yeah. You're so sometimes you're like, oh, everything's all good. Or like that person hates me. But really, that person yeah. only said, like, I think you should, you know, be more respectful when you talk to the teacher. That doesn't mean that person hates you. <laughs> right? right. So <laughs> But sometimes they get this idea, right? And so you need to talk to all kinds of people throughout your life and not all of them are going to be your buddy, but all of them are people that maybe you need to be able to communicate with. Yes. Right. So, so like, how would it be, how would it be to know that you're getting like the correct perspective Although perspective is a weird thing because we all have our own perspective and your reality is your perspective. But I mean, like when you were younger and you would come home from school and I would ask you how your day was sometimes you would burst into tears and like yell at me because you thought I remember that. I'm sorry. It's okay. You thought I was (laughs) like judging you. Like you know, I asked, how are you? And you heard, yeah. tell me what you didn't do today so I can judge you, which is not at all what I asked. Yeah. Um, no. So I started, I did eventually learn that I should change the question. Um, but like, you can't always blow up like that. Right. So like, yeah, that's not cool. How would it be better? How would it be helpful? I guess for somebody who's neurodiverse to be able to effectively communicate with others
0: um, Well, you would have more, for, like, people who want to talk to you. Yes. Like, maybe they, do, though, I mean, currently they probably, like, think you're fine. But, like, if you continue blowing up at them, they're not going to want to hang out with you. And then that's just going to reconfirm all of the things that you were thinking before, which isn't good. So, um being mindful before you talk to someone maybe Mm -hmm. if you know you've had a rough day I think that's mainly why I would blow up is because school was difficult yeah and I just had a bad day and wanted to be left alone
1: yes I mean we definitely hadn't developed the whole I mean at that point we hadn't developed the whole like eventually you would like come home and you'd be like hi I'm home My day was fine. I'm going for a people break. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fine. You're right. You were like, you were at your limit. Yeah. All of your executive functioning to get through your day. And now you need it to like recharge for sure.
0: Yeah. So.
1: I don't know. What else? What else about those four scales do you think would be helpful
0: um oh shoot which one was it with the um hold on the um not that
1: some of them are also like assertiveness skills so it's not just that you're not blowing up at people some people their interpersonal skills are so poor that they're like doormats so these skills also would teach somebody to like be more assertive or to stand up for themselves or to advocate for themselves which is also important if you're like the company doormat you know That's not good either. No. Um, the
0: distress tolerance. hmm Knowing, like, when you need a break. So then you're able to, like, you know, practice mindfulness. Because, like, if you've had it, like, the whole day, you've just been using all of, like, your... Your executive function skills that you have, and then by the end of the day, you're burnt out, and you come home, and your mom, your lovely mom, asks you how your day was because she loves you and cares about you, and you blow up in her face. That's not, that's not good. But if you're like, my day was fine. I need a people break. Eh, hang on a second. I'll tell you all about it at dinner time, and then you yeah. go recharge then you're more likely to be mindful
1: and respectful
0: because you have more battery.
1: Yeah. It's totally a battery that has to be recharged. Right. Um, really right? to just think, um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think these are skills like a lot of people need. Um Right, because I think a lot of people get frazzled or overworked or stressed out and they tend to not communicate effectively, not regulate their emotions, not, and we live in this society now that is very like,
0: busy, busy, busy,
1: everybody, well, busy, 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 but like also like everybody has anxiety, not everybody, but like a lot of people do. It's like 40 to 50% of all college students are taking an anti-anxiety med. Oh my gosh, that's, that's crazy. That's concerning for yeah. sure, right? That's I mean, a lot of people. It shows like a lack of resilience and like quite a bit of a generation, I yeah. think. Um, that's not good. Right, and so there is this actual big movement among psychiatrists now to not automatically treat it yeah. with meds, but right, to yeah. teach people the appropriate response because anxiety is good. That's good, yes. Right? Anxiety is like what makes you cross the street when you think somebody's following you or yeah. what makes you like when you're on a not hike and with... wood, not walk next to the what appears to be a snake hole, right? Like, yeah. Anxiety is good. It keeps you safe. It keeps us safe. When anxiety starts, you know, alerting you all the time, all day long, that's when it's definitely gone beyond typical anxiety yes. or what anxiety is supposed to do. But like, there should be some anxiety about taking a test. Some. Yeah. You should some. be some anxiety before you speak in front of a group of people for the first time. Right? Yeah. I mean, as you do some things, you get more used to them and they're not as anxiety-provoking. Scary. But but <clears throat> that's a lot of people that have anxiety. That's a lot of
0: people. A lot of people who are now going to have children and don't know how to teach those those little people how to regulate their emotions. And I fear for the world.
1: Mm, it's It's definitely concerning, right? We definitely have to have, like when I was growing up, not that my generation didn't have issues. We did. Um, we did no. not do everything perfectly. But yeah. great. you never heard about people. Not never, but you rarely heard really. about people. Right. And it's good that people are now more open to say like yeah. mentally how they're feeling. That's great.
0: Yeah. Right. I think that's, it's a little like much now, though.
1: It's. Everything is now like, oh, that's anxiety. Like, the word's becoming overused, and it's losing yeah. its real meaning. There are people who truly have debilitating anxiety. Just mental health in general, I feel like. hmm uh-huh. Like, think it's just, like,
0: not overused,
1: but also overused. I think it's just a lack of um, uh, distress tolerance being taught to children from from home, from a parent's point of view, right? Um, (laughs) because sometimes you sometimes you just have to do something scared and then the next time it's not so scary be brave bravery Mm -hmm. is a good thing right like the first time you do you know not everybody likes to talk in public right so like the first time you give uh, that was that's always so scary right the more you do it though the less scary it becomes right and so instead of allowing people to avoid that situation than like teaching them what they can do to like calm themselves down before they do it, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of allowing, giving people as many outs as we give them. Because sometimes you have to do it scared.
0: Scary. And sometimes doing scary things will be beneficial for you in the long run. It's like I was scared to move up here. I didn't want to leave all of my family and friends. No, but you're fine. I'm cool. I'm with my loving man.
1: Yeah, we're thriving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, change is good, mm-hmm. even if it's scary. Even if it's scary. Even if it's scary, and sometimes you just have to process. Like I'm scared, and that's but okay. Just, but but that's okay. Exactly. There are also like I have this um. For my coaching, I have this um, neurodivergent friendly workbook for DBT skills. Ooh. It has like specific exercises in it that I'll do with my clients sometimes. It has like, you know, like what are my exact needs? How do I ask for my needs? Who do I ask to meet specific needs? Um, Yeah. Or like when I, like a personal crisis plan. So like when you're triggered, when you're, you know, completely triggered, how do you know that you are? Right. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people, specifically people who are neurodiverse are so in their own head that they're not noticing clues from their body. Yeah. Right. So learning to like that mindfulness is really part of not just like stopping and being present and thinking about the moment you're in but actually like feeling your body in that moment which Mm -hmm. is an important skill yes Um, it also has affirmations in it it has a place for you to like affirmations your own it has a place for you to write your own affirmations but it also um has like some uh affirmations um specific for rejection sensitivity of dysphoria mm-hmm. so pre-done ones right that you could just use right so like yeah. um, I decide what thoughts to reject and what thoughts to let pass right so you mm-hmm. don't have to believe everything you think um, yeah I'm allowed to ask for reassurance and that I am worthy of people's time and attention that's, that's good, a really good one. yeah yeah It's a very good one. I think a lot of people don't think that they're worthy of people's time or attention, right? Um, Right? People disagreeing with me, does not mean that my lived experience or my opinion is invalid? That is correct, right? So I'll try and remember to put a link for this specific one in the... Cause it's a really nice, simple book that um, like you could do with like a middle schooler if you had to, right? Like it's not, it's good for anybody, but like it, it, it's a uh,
0: good for all ages, good for all ages.
1: It's versatile. I've definitely used it when I did a group of, uh, I did a coaching group with a group of 13 year old boys and we used some of the exercises in this book for them, which was useful. So, what else about DBT? I just thought it was interesting. It it is interesting. Um, I, like, saw something. I
0: was doing research for something else, and it talked about DBT. I don't remember what it was. I was, uh, but it was some thing. It was something. It was, like, some sort of product or something. I don't remember what it was then. Okay.
1: I was talking to a therapist recently and she, I said something about like, she was referring somebody to me and, um, but she, um, she was referring a family member to me and not one of her patients. Um, okay. But she was saying that um, she works with geriatrics. So she doesn't know a lot about therapy for people who are younger. Um, But um, (laughs) she was telling me that a lot of people don't um, practice DBT very well. And so I guess if it's something that you're interested in, you're really going to want to like research it and get a good reputation for somebody in your area who does it well.
0: Well, yeah.
1: And I would say like somebody who does it like, specific to whatever it is that you're dealing with right so like I have a client who also has bipolar and so she she actually one summer took a break from coaching so that she could do this like six-week intensive dbt group therapy program so she went like three times a week to this group um, for six weeks. Um, and she was so the, it, it was like talking to a different person when she came back. Yeah. It was um, and so, um, you just want to make sure that you're finding somebody who really knows what they're doing. Right. So if you're yeah going to a group, you want to make sure like the group has similar, um, diagnoses or issues that right. you have. I guess what I would say. Yeah. Anything else about DBT that you want to share? You don't think so, no. Okay. Yeah. Then say goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at BigBangCoaching.net. If you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at the. ND toolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the neurodiverse toolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.